I spoke with somebody uh, this last week who shared with me they've been on a four-month journey of trying to find a church. And, and their comments to me were sad, um, but eye-opening. And they said, for four months, we've been in a different church, different church, different church, all these four months. And they said, we are overwhelmed by how many churches have focused on bringing an excellent expression of church with no pursuit of the presence of God. And I just want you to think about what I'm talking to you about. We do live in a generation where excellence has prevailed to the point that we're now presenting the product of the church in the name of convenience for the people, and the presence of God requires something of you to get there. There's something God wants to do, awakening within us an understanding of what it is to chase after the presence of God. Not only can we have church like this and not make any room for the, the presence of God, but how many of you know you can have your devotions and be religiously faithful at reading and reading and reading and never make room for the presence of God in your everyday life? And I believe God wants to help us to see how to really live our lives in a way that makes room for Him. And so that's why we've walked through this focus, Luke 11, 1, the disciples saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. So we've taken a look at each day of the week. Today we're on Sunday. This will be the seventh uh, day focus that we brought. We've looked at the origin of the words and given an explanation of why Monday, the beginning of the week, Moon's Day, where that comes from. Uh, very interesting when you start to see uh, the breakdown of what those words are. Really, God is purposing something for us to embrace of what He's desiring to reveal 24-7. And, and today, I'm going to bring you into a little bit more of a Bible study focus, perhaps. Um, but I, just, I want you to know, God wants to help us see something today that maybe we've never really seen or known. A few ideas I've shared before, but I want to break it down in a little different way. But this is what we've done. These are You can pick these up out there by where the t-shirts are just outside, these little public Applications that give you a seven-day prayer strategy. And so every Monday, you have 52 opportunities this year to experience Mondays on 2018. Mondays are not bad days like the world would say. Mondays are wonderful days. They are days of new beginning. And so we have a focus and verses that you can pray in preparation on your Monday morning when you wake up. And then you move into Tuesday, and we learn that Tuesday is about warfare, as is Thursday. But Tuesday is about... Uh, really cultivating traction to gain that traction of momentum into the week. Wednesday, hump day, we understand all of those things, but really what that's about is tenacity, and it's a tenacious faith. I'm not just going to, you know, drift through the week, but I'm going to cooperate with that, and that's why Thursday, again, is a day of warfare where we're not creating traction, uh, the momentum, but we're cooperating with that momentum. We step into Friday, understanding how many know the world lives for the weekend. The world lives for the party weekend, uh, for a Friday night, for vacation. But Jesus, the Bible doesn't say Jesus came that we might have and enjoy Friday nights or that we might have and enjoy vacation. He said, the Bible says that Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life. Everyday life should be something that you are exploring and experiencing something of the eternal value of God's plan for who you are. Nothing more thrilling than discovering that element in your life. Saturday then we talked about last week, you and I were born for recess. Unfortunately, we only get it when we're really little kids. But the fact is, our design from God gives us six days of work and one day of rest. You were born for that Sabbath. You were born for that recess. How many of you love recess? Come on. Was that your favorite class in school? Hallelujah. 
And so what we're trying to do is just cultivate this rhythm for the season. I want to invite you, turn on music every morning. I got up this morning, early in the morning, just turned on my Pandora list going, and I was playing, just listening to what God was stirring in my heart in terms of music, my devotion time, my prayer focus, just waking up today, every day. I want to challenge you that. You're going to see why that's so important more than ever today as we break this down and we take a look at it. But again, every day there's a focal point, particularly in this season. And here's my prayer, that this not be a season of prayer, but it become a lifestyle of prayer for every one of us in this church family. It becomes just what you do with the rest of your life to establish a legacy that your children can carry on. God's trying to raise up some praying people in this next generation. I tell you, uh, Billy Graham has gone to be with Jesus. You do understand when Elijah left the earth, his mantle remained, and there was a shift, spiritually speaking, in the earth to Elisha who carried a mantle. I believe that we carry eternal mantles in the earth. And when we leave the earth, because our dominion remains in the earth, that mantle remains, and there's a shift in the heavens, and the body of Christ must be awakened to the purposes of God to fulfill everything God's called us to. I'm titling this today, Music and Prayer, so that we can understand the importance of the Sunday gathering and what that really means as we gather together. And I want to say this very clearly. I want you to prepare your heart for a shout and a declaration as the body of Christ. When I say this to you, Sunday is an important day. We are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's something important about our gathering to worship and break bread in the Word that actually is a lot of awakening and rejuvenating to our spirit. But when we gather in worship, you do understand faith levels rise, hope is inspired, dreams are awakened, and the enemy is more readily defeated in our lives. This atmosphere grows giant killers. You and I are the giant killers of our generation. That's why we come together. That's why we worship. We don't have the band singing you up with some nice positive songs. And now the positive motivational speaker is here. I want you to know I've been fasting and praying and seeking God. And I, I know full well some of you in the room have been as well. And the more we live a consecrated life, the more we carry weight in our words and fire in our eyes and impartation from heaven in the hearts of God's people. There's something substantial God wants to do in our lives, and I believe there are too many of us living distracted lives to truly become what God's called us to become, and I'm calling it out of you today. You're the superheroes of this generation. I don't know if you understand that or not, but we are like superheroes living life way beyond our supernatural faculties and ability that God designed us with. We have this capacity to change the world. We're saying, God, change our world. God, change our city. God, change our city. And God's saying, yes, go change your city. I want to change your city. And you are the avenue by which I do the things I do in the earth. Be awakened. Be empowered. Come on, rise up in all God's called you to rise up in, body of Christ. We're waiting on him, and he's waiting on us. And somewhere this all has to begin to be awakened to a rhythm of the Spirit. How many of you agree with me that the right song out of the right era has the ability to turn you into a performer immediately, right? Like you're walking along, and then when the right song comes on, just a small town girl living in a lonely 
Why don't guys sing like that anymore? I don't know. That's Journey. You know, when I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, I'll come back to my 80s days, you know. Back when I used to play lead guitar and then metal bands, I, you turn on the 80s music. Now, some of y'all, I know y'all 50s. Like, Greg, you probably enjoy the 50s music from your teens, but like, I'm from the 80s. <laughs> whatever your era, whatever your song, you, you've, you understand what I'm saying, though. The right song comes on in the right moment in time, and suddenly something in you is ready. God created you with that capacity, and I, I want you to just... I really want to, I, I, you know, I love to preach. I love to shout. I love to rev people up, get them shouting, clapping. But I really feel like the Lord's just wanting to bring more of a Bible study emphasis today. So I'm going to try and bring some very sobering, intentional deposits from, from Scripture. And I want you to think about this. In the same way music has the capacity to awaken something within you, Scripture has the capacity to awaken something within you. See, the Bible, it's your first blank. The Bible is more like music than it is like math. The Bible is more like music than it is like math. Religion tries to make the Bible more like math. It becomes almost this equation duty that we're putting in motion to do the things that we should do without any real sense of feeling or awakening within us. Listen carefully. God wants to awaken something within you to transform the world around you. That's the way he works. He doesn't call you to religious obligation and duty. He awakens something within you that ignites a passion that begins to stir and burn, and you can't help but obey and do what God's asking you to do when you allow him to take control of your heart. The Bible is more like music than math. Now, I know, and I, every time I ever make this comment, and today was no exception in the first service and probably in this, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and if you're a mathematical person, I, I gave a shirt uh, over here to Mr. Lira, who's a math professor on a college university, and so I know this is, I'm, I'm bringing gifts so that he'll love me and not hate me because he's a math lover, and I know there are probably math lovers in here, just like they're probably broccoli lovers. There are a few. And so those of you, whoa, we've got the broccoli section down here. And so, so if you're a math lover, forgive this, but understand where I'm coming from with this, okay? Two plus two is four. You know, there's not much passion to that expression. Unlike when a song comes on, and it stirs something in you. Now, I'm I, I fully aware music has four, four times, two, four times, six, eight times. You have to have your math structure. Come on, Mr. Lear. You have to have your math structure in place for the music to make sense. I, I understand. I get it. It works together. But if you just make it only numbers and you don't provide any passion, nobody's being awakened. I want you to think about a difficult time, a difficult season you walked through in your life, and you remember a verse of Scripture that saw you through. If I bring that verse of Scripture up today, it's like an old song that meant something to you once upon a time because God desires for His Word to have a transaction experience deep within us. You and I were born to have this type of an experience with God Almighty. It's not about religion. It's about an awakening. Zephaniah, I want to just tell you why I believe God did not 
speak the world into existence. I know heresy, you know, throw them out. No, but hear me out. I believe God did not, let me say it a better way. I believe God did not merely speak the world into existence. I believe all of what I'm talking to you about music and rhythm, how many of you know you've got the ability, even little babies, like they've never had any dance class, but when they are able to stand up and a song comes on that gets in them, (laughs) nobody taught them to do that. That is not my best move, by the way. I got some moves. I know some of y'all see me break it down. But I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I just like to embarrass my children. There's something in you that has the capacity to cooperate with the rhythm, and I believe the reason why is because God Himself created all creation, you and I included, with a song. I don't think he merely spoke the words. I think he sang the words. This is why Zephaniah 3.17 tells us God rejoices over us with singing. How many know he's a singing God? We understand in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, so clearly he created them. We understand Psalms 33.6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. But something about all creation possesses this remarkable rhythm. Have you ever thought about this? I know you don't feel the seat moving under you, but I promise you the seat you're sitting on is actually moving. If we go down into the most micro level of when God created uh, substance and matter, I, I mean, I don't even know how he did all of this. He's amazing. He's God. But when he created substance and matter, all these atoms, they are actually in sync and in rhythm. How many of you know there's motion going on in all matter in the earth. Where do you think it got its rhythm? Where do you think it got its motion? Now, if we draw out from even those tiny little atoms and we start going bigger and we start looking at the galaxy, we see the sun and the circling of the earth and we see these rhythms going on. And if this rhythm gets out of sync at all, we will burn up or we will freeze to death. So there's a rhythm that God put in place. And I believe God held his hand out and he said, let there be light and let there be creation and let there be all of the things that I'm wanting to create. And I believe he did it with a song and a declaration to release something of rhythm that would never stop. There's a rhythm of eternity that exists within your heart. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, God put eternity in your heart. You will never be fulfilled by anything this world has to offer. You will go to bed at night with something gnawing at your soul, knowing you are unfulfilled. If you do not discover the eternal purposes of God and catch the rhythm of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me this morning when I was praying, under the sound of my voice today, that there are rhythms and patterns of the, of the flesh that we have embraced in our lives. Some of you don't even realize I'm talking to you, but there are patterns that have come out. They're called life-controlling problems. We immediately go to drugs, alcohol, and those things are included in what I'm talking about. Sex addictions, pornography, those things are included in what I'm talking about. But I'm also talking about being a workaholic. I'm also talking about being a shopaholic. I'm also talking about being an emotionaholic. 
Somebody that has to have a relationship every moment of every day or they do not feel complete. Come on, there are some patterns God wants to break in you today. Patterns of the flesh. The way those patterns of the flesh get broken is God puts in the patterns of the spirit and they take control over the patterns of the flesh. Be awakened to the purposes of God today. I'm trying to lead a Bible study here and y'all keep making me preach. 1 Thessalonians 5, listen to the pattern. You may have never even seen this before. Rejoice. Always. How do minutes pass by? Just keeps going. Keeps going. Rejoice how often? Always. How do you do that? It doesn't mean you never stop. It just means you get in the pattern of rejoicing. I felt this morning when I was walking around here praying, the Holy Spirit said to me, you've not been grateful enough lately. And so my father is giving me some instruction about how to find a greater state of thankfulness and gratefulness. So I just began to thank God for my life. I began to thank God for my health. I began to thank God for my family. I began to thank God for this atmosphere that grows giant killers. I began to thank God for a church that does pursue the presence of God. I began to thank God for some men and women of God that are rising up in power and anointing that will destroy every yoke of bondage in this place. Rejoice always. Do you get it? Rejoice always. Anybody worried about my water bottle making its way over to the side of that table? I see y'all looking at it. It's about to go over. About to have a baptismal service right over here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Air is to the body what prayer is to the spirit. We've talked about this. How do you breathe? Continually. How many of you breathe when you sleep? Did you know you pray when you sleep? Now, see, I'm tampering with some things that are just non-conventional religious ideas. But I just want you to know, you were created by God for communion with God. And what, listen, what you fill your head with during the day will abound out of your heart even while you sleep. You're created for communion with God. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ. Give thanks always. Circumstances are good. Circumstances are bad. Circumstances are good, I'm giving thanks to my God. Circumstances are bad, I'm giving thanks to my God. I'm just going to get a rhythm, a rhythm of the Spirit. God created rhythm. You are good when you get in the rhythm. You are in sync with what God is desiring when you get in the rhythm. Let's talk about this pray without ceasing. Let's talk about this praying at night. That, that kind of makes you think, what now? You know, I'm not sure. Like prayer, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Yeah, I pray before I sleep. And Lord, thank you for our food. I pray before I eat. You know, most Christians, that's the only time they ever pray. I'm just telling you, this fall, I'm going to introduce you to an idea of a very elaborate prayer structure that God has given us a sequence of how to get into his presence through the tabernacle. We are going to understand the progression of that sequence, why God revealed that in the earth before Jesus ever came. Now you and I are the tabernacle. We are priests within this body, given the call of God to awaken that which God is desiring to release in the earth in our temple, in our tabernacle. You are not human beings having a spiritual experience today. 
You are spiritual beings having a human experience today. We do not think like eternal creatures or eternal beings created in the image of God. We think like human beings because the culture that we live in has shaped our our paradigm and defined us, and we're trying to find Bible verses to apply to our confined paradigm, and God is saying, take the shackles off and step into the dimension I've called you to function in. Somebody ought to be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, hearing words of knowledge. Let the Spirit of God begin to have a conversation on a whole other level. How do we pray without ceasing? Let me take you through my little Bible study. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get to all this so everybody can just come on up the worship team. That's my subtle cue. Nobody knows I said it. <laughs> Exodus chapter 30, verse 7 to 9. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar. How, when? Every morning when he tends the lamps, he must burn incense again when he lights the lamps. At twilight every evening... So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for generations to come. The priest was called to stir the coals in the morning and stir the coals in the evening. And if he would stir the coals in the morning and stir the coals in the evening, then there would be incense emanating out of the tabernacle, then out of the temple, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in the presence of God Almighty going up to the Lord. How many of you like to pray in the morning? How many of you prefer to pray at night? How many of you know I just now told you that you actually need to do both? (laughs) Get your rhythm, whatever that's like. It's going to be different for everybody. But don't be a morning prayer and don't be a night prayer. Be a morning and night prayer. This is an an illustration in Scripture of prayer. Let me me just show you. This is the Bible study we're in. Revelation chapter 8, verse 4. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Your prayers are like incense coming out of your spirit as you're actually attracting the conversation from God as you stir the coals in a place of prayer and intercession before the Lord your God. I don't want you to have devotions because it's a nice little religious thing for you to do. I want you to be awakened to the eternal purposes of God so you become powerful in the earth. Come on, the world has had enough clever from the church. The world needs power from the church. Come on, you got to pull it in more than that. Let's declare it today. You carry what it takes to release something in the earth. Powerful! Psalms 141, 1-2 says, I will call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. Revelation 5 8, each one of the angels had a, a, a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Let the question in your mind be solved. Incense is the prayers of God's people, and the prayers of God's people are the incense that's emanating up to God. Everything in the Old Testament is a shadow of that which would be fulfilled in Christ. And when Jesus came and he awakened us to the eternal nature of God, something in us began to be ignited on a level of supernatural power. You have the capacity to walk in a constant state of communion with God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
There was a man who was a homeless meth addict living on the streets, had shrunk down to skin and bones. He went into an Easter service. And in that Easter service, he described it as awful, but God was there. He gave his life to Christ. He would then start to grow in his faith, and he wanted to be challenged to become a ministry leader one day. And he would move from Seattle to Oklahoma City and attend Destiny Christian Center. And Nathan Davis lived in our home for two years. He then would come on staff at this church. He would marry Renee. They would have four children. And today, he's still working in ministry in Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to say to you, somebody who's homeless on the streets, strung out on meth, has the capacity to be so much more. Stop looking at people. No, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Stop looking at people the way they are and start looking at people the way God sees them becoming. Come on. Ah! And in this time, I like when I'm traveling different places, I try to take people with me that I see a mark of passion and pursuit on. And in one instance, Nathan and I were in a hotel room, and I was ministering in this place, and he and I, he's in his bed, I'm in my bed, and we're having a conversation. And as we're talking, you know how it goes, late night, wind down, get relaxed. Anyone ever told you? deepest, darkest secret to somebody who started snoring. It was that type of moment. And we both were about to start snoring. But he said something. Homeless, meth addict, came to know Jesus on this journey. Now he's asleep in the hotel room saying something. He's asleep. I, I leaned up and said, what? I thought he was still talking to me. He was sleep-talking. And so I leaned over. I thought, this could be good. I mean, you know, you can get some stuff on some people. (laughs) And so I leaned over to listen in. And I'm just going to tell you what he said. Laying there completely asleep. He's not awake. His mouth is moving. And out of his heart is bubbling up. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the spirit of life. I just want you to picture the person who he was, and now he's asleep with Scripture. I'm talking about Romans 8. Therefore, there's now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from what the law was powerless to do. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man, and so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. He quoted the entire chapter of Romans 8. I was so challenged. I was his pastor, and he could quote more verses in his sleep than I could awake. You ever heard that before? I memorized Romans 8 after that, feeling like a schmuck. Do you get what I'm saying, though? You pray at night. I know you don't necessarily believe it, but You have the capacity to commune with God 24 hours a day. Would you just stir the coals in the morning? And would you just stir the coals at night? 
would you make sure you're purposing just to step back in the morning when you wake up and say, oh God, I love you. What day is it today? Lord, let's see. It's this day. This is the way we're supposed to pray on this day. Here's what I'm going to pray. This is what I'm going to focus on. I thank you, Lord. This is the way we do it on Sunday. Let me, just, let me just tell you how we do it on Sunday. We say, Lord, I thank you that there is a gathering with faith and expectation when we come together as the family of God. I just fill my heart right now with faith and expectation. Why don't you stand? We just stand and pray together. We're declaring it. In Jesus' name, there's gathering of faith and expectation. I thank you, Lord. Philippians 3.10 says, For my determined purpose that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. I thank you, Father, your awakening intimacy within me, within us, as we walk this out. Ephesians 1 says, The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I thank you, Father, that you're filling everything with your presence by the body of Christ. We, the church, carry the presence of God, and the world without us is dead. The world without us is lost because we are the chosen vehicle through Christ to reach the world. Father, we gather in expectation today. Here we are in this gathering. We're believing for supernatural chains to be broken, bondages to be broken. Addictions be gone in Jesus' mighty name. Addictions gone. It goes on and gives a little bit more of how to pray on Sunday. You do that in the morning. Tonight, before you go to bed, you just step back and you say, Lord, I just thank you. You're so good. You're so faithful. I just want to stir the coals. I want to know what it is to commune with God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to pause to catch the fire before you try to burn, people. Purpose it morning and night. Get your mind out of the carnal pursuits that the world has filled your brain with. Be awakened to the purposes of God. Everyone in this room is leaving a legacy. And I want to challenge you in this. The last blank. We express the sound of heaven when we embrace the song of God, releasing an eternal legacy in the earth. Everyone leaves a legacy. Everyone leaves a legacy. You are leaving a legacy. There is a legacy in your name. There is a legacy you are perpetuating. What is that legacy? This year, just recently, two men who have had incredible influence that will echo for hundreds of years in thousands and thousands of lives. These two men both died almost the same time. These are the two men. I want you to see them side by side. And I want you to take a look at Hugh Hefner, who envisioned the idea of women taking off their clothes so he could exploit them, so he could perpetuate pornography on a level far beyond what the world had ever known because nobody was brave enough to perpetuate such stuff. That's Hugh Hefner on the left. That's Billy Graham on the right. Billy Graham rose up and declared, I will not live anchored in the desires and the passions of my flesh, but I will pursue what God wants, not only for me, but crowds and rallies full of people that will come to know Jesus. Everybody's leaving a legacy. God help us. Holy Spirit, in this room right now,
I'm praying for a corner-turning moment in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, I'm praying that some patterns and some rhythms that have held us captive, that they would be broken off of our lives in Jesus' name. They would be broken. Come on, if you're here, it might be big, it might be small. I don't care. Just put, would you not be afraid of what man would say or think? Would you just, if you need a pattern in your life to be broken, a life-controlling pattern, would you just lift both your hands to him? And Father, I declare chains are falling off in this room right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for hands all over this place. There are patterns that are being initiated by the Spirit of God that will perpetuate something of eternal value, conquering that of a temporal distraction in every one of our lives as we become more and more who you have called us to be in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's celebrate and declare it today. Victory. Victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, just press in.